This podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness, Guernsey's new state-of-the-art gym, purpose-built for gym goers by gym lovers. Head to upgrade.fitness to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. My name is Tony Kerr and alongside me is Harry Jones. Hi, Tony. And back from the heat of Spain, Gareth Provo. Hello, Tony. Good to see you. Thank you. Pleased to, <laughs> pleased to be uh, yeah, oh, back here in the, in the, the cold wind and clouds. I was say, the temperature has dropped by half from what I was in about a week ago. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's hardly summery back here, but uh, it is uh, nice to be back, uh, back at work and feeling a bit refreshed. Yeah, what was the temperature when you, when well, you touched down? Over when I landed in Malaga, it was 42.6 degrees. Um, it was like walking into an oven when you walked out of the air-conditioned terminal building. Uh, fortunately, it did cool it down a bit for when I was out on the golf course, and uh, we managed to play some uh, some decent stuff actually for for the four of us, considering it was a, a holiday trip and uh, uh, a few enjoyable evenings were also spent. Uh, and we played some <laughs> half decent golf. Yeah, good stuff. I think forty-two probably be happy to split the difference really with what we've got now. Um, so we'll see if we get any summer at all. Um, you mentioned golf there. Um, let's just start with uh, what happened over in Jersey at Grooville um, at the weekend because, um, yeah, Guernsey's best went over to uh, to play against uh, Jersey's champions in the CI finals, a whole kind of suite of fixtures. And, and Guernsey did pretty well overall, um, some notable wins. Let's start with one of the ones they lost, though, because uh, it was a really good tussle, wasn't it, in the end, between Tom Lahire and Harrison Carlyon, who'd just come back from playing cricket for Jersey um, and edged his uh, signing opponent uh, at Greville. Yeah, um, it, yeah, like you say, Harrison actually came back early from Scotland where he was playing for Jersey in their um, T20I World Cup qualifier. Um, and um, Tom played really well. It was a 36-hole final of which the first 18 holes were played on Saturday afternoon. And Tom played really well Saturday afternoon. He was very happy with how he played. He struck the ball really well. And he went three up overnight going into the second round. Um, conditions were tough on the Saturday. They were even worse on the Sunday. It got really windy and I think the rain came down as well. Um, and uh, Harrison started the Sunday morning with an eagle. Uh, the uh, Grooville starts with a par five, and to start with an eagle got him sort of back on the front foot. And uh, from there, he sort of gained momentum. And I don't think Tom did an awful lot wrong, to be honest. But uh, in those conditions, I believe Harrison played the back nine in one under par. And um, against form like that, you, you're likely to come come out on the wrong side of the result. Um, it went down to the last hole. And unfortunately, Tom just came out on the on the wrong side. But he, he was um, pretty pleased with how he played. And um, it's it actually his first men's CI final. He's been two-time Ireland champion, but his first uh, Ireland uh, title came in the pandemic years so he wasn't able to to try and convert that into a CI title I'm sure he's aiming to get back into one on, on home soil because in, in these matches it's always like the um, if you're the visiting player you're always going to be the underdog and uh, so um, yeah he, he just got narrow, narrowly edged out but like you say we had good results in the other matches Yeah absolutely Bobby Ego um, did it again in the, the seniors um, just edging his opponent there and uh, yeah great wins for Veronica Bugle, um in the women's um, yeah she's uh, her longevity is quite <laughs> remarkable I think seventh um, CI title as 
as well to add to her 20 island titles, uh, which is incredible. And Jaden Tutnall is someone who Harry was very, very impressed with when he saw him uh, uh, in the boys' island final um, last week. Uh, yeah, uh, an unbelievably convincing winner, although um, reading the comments from the Guernsey Golf Union, um, whoever was doing their social media updates, did a very good job over the weekend, I have to say. And uh, I thought um, we're, we're very magnanimous and, and sporting in their comments. And um, yeah, sort of paying tribute to the, the Jersey player who kind of almost come from nowhere really to be in that final. Well, yeah, to be fair, it was, it was a new name to me. Um, Nathan Craig Jones, his name is, he's, he's only been playing golf for a couple of years. Um, he beat um, a couple of their sort of what he'd call higher profile juniors to, to win their title. Um, and it is played off scratch. Jaden's currently, I think, a 0.6 handicap, and he has been a plus handicap this season the quality he's got and also the, the dedication and, and success he's enjoyed this season. And I think Nathan is, is off eight at the moment. So, so if, he was, if he was playing off handicap, um, Jaden would have been given his opponent uh, eight shots over the round. So it sort of shows there is a disparity there. And um, yeah, he uh, he was 14 up overnight. So that was a, a huge margin. And um, yeah, he closed things out very early on on, on Sunday morning. Um, he, I mean, perhaps in, in that scenario, unusually, even though um, Jaden had never played Grooville before, he would have gone in as, as sort of red hot favourite. And he, and he sort of proved why. So it, it was no huge surprise that he won it. But um, obviously to win a first CI title is still a, is still a major achievement and on an away course. So he, he can rightly feel proud of uh, lifting that trophy. Do you think he's a good bet for the senior uh, interinsula in a few weeks' time? Um, I would have thought he's in very strong contention. Um, actually, I was, I was having a quick look at um, the handicaps while I was looking up uh, to see what he's actually playing off at the moment. And actually, the, it's going to be really difficult to pick an island side at the moment. There are so many sort of good players players in form and so many who have sort of done well you look at the island game squad who all won they won team gold Tom LaHure wasn't even part of that squad he's island champion and you've got people like Jaden uh, Connor McKenna who went over as Jaden's caddy this weekend he's been playing really well this season he's one of the best handicaps on the island despite being only sort of a teenager as well it's going to be really hard for Dave Jeffrey to pick a, a, a final sort of 10 but in saying that, Jaden's CI junior champion. He was also the Ireland men's finalist runner-up to Tom. So you'd you'd have thought he'd be um, he'd be well amongst the names um, in in the reckoning there for sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure more chats come on that um, before. Uh, too long. Um, Harry, I think you've been doing a bit of football coverage uh, in the paper this week. Um, interesting story on the back page today about uh, Velrec getting in the wee way. Are you looking forward to it? Well, you could be on the pitch as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know if I'll be, uh, I don't know if I'll be over for that, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's great news for everyone at the club. Everyone's very excited about that. I think just going forward, it gives everyone an extra incentive as well. Going forward in the Prio, I spoke to Chris Lafrey yesterday from Bells. He said, you know, that just gives them an extra, an extra motivation going into this season. Because you think, you know, obviously North Rovers, Saints have got such a stronghold on those uh, top three positions. Really hard to break into that without significant incomings. And there hasn't really been much movement in the market this summer at all. So you'd expect North Rovers and Saints to all be strong again this season. And for a lot of teams lower down, you know, the likes of Bells, Sylvans, maybe Rec as well. It's going to be tough to try and to try and break that and get into that top three. So having that, you know, the fourth place, thinking, you know, we can get into the wee wave coming the top four. It's you know, it's really exciting, I think. And um, yeah, speaking to speaking to Romers uh, yesterday about, I think it's the GFLM who pushed it quite a bit. Obviously, they've got a new um, chairman Andy Robert now, and they had they've been having meetings about you know how to push Guernsey football forward. And I think 
you know, they contacted the JFA and said, you know, you have five teams come over in the Jeremy. Why do we only have three um, go over in the WeWay? And, you know, essentially JFA took it on board. And I think in their AGM, they finalised the decision. And, um, yeah, just Ron was putting in the group chat the other day saying, as if I think it's been in the works for a little while. But, yeah, all official now, which is which is very good and gives a very exciting uh, another game at least for everyone at Vale right this season. Yeah, that football season, uh, yeah, not far away, is it? Um, we've been following Alex Scott's uh, progress off the pitch all summer. And um, Bristol City start uh, their championship uh, campaign at home against Preston North End this Saturday, uh, very early. So um, yeah, and uh, as things stand, he's going to be there in a, in a red or yellow shirt, whatever they wear on the day, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the story develops. You know, we were speaking last week. We thought, you know, surely in the next week or so, there's going to be some movement, but still we've pretty much heard radio silence in terms of you know, concrete news coming out about developments of that deal. So yeah, it looks like he's going to be in action. He's, he's in action the day at uh, Fratton Park against Portsmouth. I believe he played very well. I saw quite a few Portsmouth fans on Twitter saying, right, we believe the hype now. It's the first time you know, a lot of their fans would have seen him play. And then yeah, Nigel Pearson came out yesterday saying, you know, basically he's our player. We want to have him for the, for the season. So teams have got to pay the right price and no one has yet. It looks like Bournemouth could potentially be front runners at the moment with Wolves also in the mix. But yes, it's whoever wants to wants to cough up that twenty five million reported fee, and yeah, I'd imagine he'll get his move still. But you know, someone's yeah, someone's got to pay it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the money being chucked around, you know, it's it's surprising that no one's got in at, at that figure yet, just just to secure yeah to secure um, his signature because yeah, it doesn't seem like an outlandish amount of money for for someone who's playing age group, uh, you know, international football. And he did so well and made such an impact last season in the championship. So, um, yeah, we'll yes. see. Still only a few days well. to go. Yeah, exactly. A few days to go uh, till their first game. So it'll be interesting to see whether anything happens um, before then. Um, another good uh, moment for a Guernsey footballer in the UK as well uh, this week with Joe Adams getting his first professional goal for Wigan. Yeah, it's fantastic. But Joe was speaking about it last week. He just got his new contract and then, you know, straight away, well, apparently he played very well that game as well and then got his goal. So it's great to see him, you know, continually involved in this Wigan first team throughout pre-season. Um, looks like the manager quite likes him. The new manager has come in uh, quite recently. So yeah, things are looking very bright for Joe at the moment. Two new new two-year deal sorry I should say and then first goal playing pretty much every preseason game now for Wigan so yeah it's looking pretty good yeah it's very interesting to see like you say Harry uh, Sean Maloney's the manager now at Wigan and I think he was sort of very similar role to what Joe Adams is looking to play and I think Joe um, could progress pretty quickly um, under Sean Maloney and in League One at that sort of age and Joe looks physically looks sort of pretty strong lad so um, you'd imagine hopefully he'd be, he'd be getting some game time once the competitive season starts um, I think they're away at Derby in their first game Wigan so um, yeah you never know he's, he's obviously been pretty impressive in, in recent weeks so let's hope he's involved in matchday squads um, now that uh, the, the full-on season is just around the corner Yeah I think you're right on that I liked Sean Maloney as a player he was uh, kind of very busy wasn't he and, mm. and, and kind of with an eye for goal so um, yeah could be just the sort of manager you want as a as a young uh, as a young player trying to trying to cut your teeth so um, yeah that's really good news um, it's actually a very busy week as well for Guernsey sports people going away um, in a moment we'll talk about the cricket because Guernsey's under 19s uh, heading to the Netherlands um, for their latest um, uh, World Cup qualifier very exciting week for them uh, also a very exciting week for 10 young athletes heading over to Trinidad um, for the Commonwealth Youth Games uh, they're always in unbelievably <laughs> exotic and nice locations uh, these events and definitely no different this year um, uh, they had a bit of a delay on Monday they were supposed to travel out 
to London um, before flying out on Tuesday, um, but the weather uh, got in the way to a certain extent. I think a couple of them made it across on Monday, um, but the rest of the team did get away um, this morning as we recorded on Tuesday and uh, yeah, got on that plane to the port of Spain um, for uh, the Commonwealth Youth Games, which gets underway later this week. We've got eight swimmers and two cyclists uh, involved. And um, yeah, it's an event uh, and a games that we've done well out in the past. We've had a few medalists um, down the years. The last games took place in 2017 in the Bahamas um, when Alistair Chalmers got gold uh, in the 400 hurdles and Sam Colwell a silver as well in the cycling. Um, so uh, yeah, an exciting opportunity for sure for, for those young athletes. We've been catching up with both sports ahead of the games. You can uh, head to our social channels at GSY Press Sport to see uh, video interviews with a couple of the swimmers and the two cyclists as well. Also caught up with uh, the swimming team manager, Sarah Parfit, and one of the two team leaders um, for the trip, Karina Jackson. Uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for them because uh, it's the next stage up from the Island Games through to the to the Senior Commonwealth Games. Um, they'll be meeting their, their sort of peer group of the people who they will be competing with in years to come at the Commonwealth Games. Um, you know, it's going to be a fantastic location and, and they're going to meet some great people and, and be up against some great stars. Yeah, brilliant. And from a cycling perspective, how, how tough is the competition when you consider the, the nations that are involved? Well, you know, we, we don't really know at this stage because, because they are still so young. Um, but we know that obviously Team Australia are going to have a very strong team. Team England will always have a strong team. Um, so they're going to be up against the world's best, which, you know, it's, it's going to be a great showcase for them. Yeah, brilliant. What can you say about these two young riders? Obviously, um, we saw Helena at the Island Games, who did so well as part of a, a really successful team. Um, was unfortunate maybe not to come away with an individual medal in that uh, crit and with, with sort of how that played out. And Che obviously wasn't involved in those games. But, but yeah, how much ability and, and, um, and ambition have those two young riders got? Oh, both of them are, are so hungry for the sport. They love it. Um, you know, they, it, it, it's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle for them. You know, it's, it's what they've, they've always done. They've grown up with cycling and, you know, they're great advocates for the sport. They've both been training really, really hard. You know, at the moment they're um, training in the conservatory and greenhouses and things like that to, to get used to the heat and the uh, humidity. Um, and they're just giving it 100%. Yeah, because that humidity is going to be perhaps a decisive factor. It's going to be, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's a rainy season there at the moment. So, you know, it's very, very hot and it's also going to be very, very humid. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of that Island Games experience, particularly for Helena, but I guess for, for Che, just being around the island and, and seeing it, um, how much do you think that will fire the imagination for them going into this one? I think this, the, 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 the Games um, in Trinidad and Tobago has just come exactly the right time because they're, everybody's still buzzing from the Island Games. You know, I know Che wasn't riding in the Games, but he was so involved in it, you know, and he's good friends with all the team members. So, you know, he's really been a part of that sort of Team Guernsey experience. Um, and, and they're both still buzzing about it. So, you know, and here we are, you know, less than 40 hours until we're on the flight there so you know they're they're super excited and i guess at commonwealth level you know medals are always you know it, it, it's kind of a you know a, an outlandish achievement you know when they do come along but we've seen sam Caldwell um win a medal at this event before does that kind of show that anything's possible for, for guernsey athletes absolutely you know never never say never you know it's um we we don't know the, the level of the people that they're up against we don't know that that you know the abilities and um you know and and these guys are super strong you know it, we just don't know, you know. We hope so. Exciting. It is. It is really <laughs> exciting. And for you as uh, 
sort of joint team manager is that is that you know as we said before you know you've been to we've been to the commerce before you've been before as a joint team manager for a youth event um how much of an honor is it to, to lead a, a young group out there oh it, it's incredible you know anytime you get to put on guernsey kit and anytime you get to go away and and sort of compete and see your your, your friends competing at this level it, it is it is amazing it does make you incredibly proud you know the opening ceremonies and you know and watching people perform and preparing um you know it's great and i love doing all the organization side of things so it's, it's, it's a win-win for me <laughs> yeah cool first of all sorry just just gives a sense of uh yeah of your excitement and your feeling heading over to trinbago um with eight swimmers oh well how amazing is that that we can take eight swimmers to a competition of this sort of standard um and straight after the success we had at the island games so everybody's on definitely on a high uh, me included. <laughs> <laughs> and how much of a step up is it for these young swimmers going to a youth Commonwealth event? Well, obviously, it is a very big step up. We're going to be competing against the likes of Australia, New Zealand, Canada, as well as England, Scotland, Ireland. Um, so it's going to be a high class competition, which is very exciting for them. But obviously, a great stepping stone um, to the Commonwealth, Sport Commonwealths in 2026. So hopefully a great motivating factor for them. Yeah, brilliant. And, you know, here at Bozeril Pool, the sort of cheers and, and atmosphere is still kind of echoing around probably from a couple of weeks ago. How much of an extra kick do you think that these young swimmers will get from that Island Games experience going into this just a couple of weeks on? Oh, definitely. I think they've seen what they can achieve. Um, the way the support came from the island made a big difference to them. And although the, the island won't be there with them, um, the bailiff will be there. Um, there's some parents going out. So I think we're going to have a fair amount of support, nevertheless. Yeah, great stuff. And um, obviously there was a bit of a delay with the games. There was uh, a bit of a change of the the entry kind of requirements, if you like, or the entry criteria, which has allowed you to take those those extra swimmers who otherwise have missed out. How pleased are you for them, for, for the likes of Ariana? Oh, absolutely delighted. Um, I mean, when the Games didn't go ahead, as with the Island Games because of the COVID pandemic, um, we were all very disappointed about that. And I did feel sorry for those girls that I knew they were going to miss out totally on that. Um, so to have World Aquatics suddenly announce that they were actually changing the age group and for women it would go up to 18. And that meant that we could apply for extra three places. Oh, absolutely delighted for them. They totally deserve it. They put their heart and soul into swimming uh, and deserve the opportunity. Yeah, great. And yeah, um, in terms of what they'll need to do or how they'll need to approach it when they're out there, you, you know, you've taken swimmers um, to three or four games before at this level, at youth Commonwealth level. Um, what, what have they got in store? I mean, what will you be kind of sort of briefing them about it? Well, I think the most important for them is to go out and just enjoy the whole experience of meeting swimmers from all around the world um, and just go for those PBs, but just enjoy the whole experience. I generally feel that if you stay relaxed and you have fun, you're going to swim better um, as we did at the Island Games. And that's what I'll be looking for out there in Trinidad. And I'm sure they'll be fairly relaxed in a place like Trinidad. <laughs>
Sarah Parfit speaking to me there. And before that, Karina Jackson is uh, alongside Peter Jory leading, uh, leading Guernsey's uh, delegation out to Trinidad. Very best of luck to them. We'll be following their progress um, from here. And uh, yeah, lots to go out for them. Uh, and as I said, they're not the only ones heading abroad because uh, Guernsey's under-19 cricketers uh, are off to the Netherlands later this week. Harry, I think you've been speaking to uh, coach and captain uh, and you can read some of their quotes on Wednesday's back page. But yeah, um, an interesting uh, kind of lineup of teams. Is the feeling that they've got a chance here? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a few teams that they played last year in the Division Two qualifiers, uh, Norway and Italy. I think Italy, Italy won that competition, beating them in the final. But Guernsey, I think, for most of that tournament, looked like the strongest team. And um, so I think they would be very confident playing against those two. Ferb said, you know, win those games and then we've got a chance because anything can happen. Um, Jersey, I think they're quite at quite a similar level too. They lost narrowly to them last year. So if you can play well against Jersey, get a good result there, beat the two teams in and around us, it sets us up with a good shot. Only probably got to only go and win you know, one of those games against Netherlands and Scotland and you're in with a really, I'm not actually sure how the format works in terms of how many teams qualify, but if you, you know, if you get a few lucky results against, you know, really strong teams, then you're right in with a shot. Yeah, as ever, it's going to be the batting, isn't it? Because we've got some great bowlers uh, uh, in that age group and bowlers that have been way competing in uh, county age group sides as well this summer. Uh, Gareth, what's your feeling about how that squad shapes up going there? Um, well, I was, I was really impressed with how they played in Division 2 here, Tony, last summer. And certainly since that time, obviously, Charlie Forshaw and Harry Johnson, um, they're a year older, but they've probably added about two yards of pace. And they, they've been really impressive in senior cricket locally this summer. Um, and Ollie Clapham himself has bowled well. He's um, um, off-spinning off all-rounder. Um, I, I, like you say, I don't think the bowling is going to be much of an issue. I think we'll be able to sort of skittle some sides out. I, th I mean, last year we beat Italy quite comfortably in the group stage, and I think just when it came to the final, I think because of the emotion that went into that semi-final where Guernsey were, got themselves into a spot of trouble with the bat chasing down quite a low total against Norway, I think... Um, I think that emotionally, more than anything, they were drained going into that final, and you sort of you can forgive them that that result. They they knew they'd qualified, um, so although they were runners up in that tournament, I do think they were the best team in that tournament. Um, and so yeah, I think a lot will depend on on the batting, and they've they've got some some, some decent players there. Um, certainly, Charlie Birch uh, up top will be pretty important for them. I think if he can sort of hang around for thirty odd overs at the start of an innings, he's he's bound to get a decent score. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a case of whether they can sort of back up what is a very useful bowling attack with with some good runs. Yeah, it's going to be a great tournament. Um, best of luck to them. Um, and it's been an interesting few days uh, of cricket locally. Um, sort of as predicted, Indies claimed their second Roselle Shield last week with uh, a bit to spare. It's fair to say um, they'll be heading back to Spain uh, for the European Cricket League uh, at the start of next year. And it is very nicely poised, isn't it, as well, in the Belasco CI League. Um, some interesting results at the weekend. Kobo winning in Jersey um, against the one Springfield ending their 100% record. And uh, back here in Guernsey, a, a big win for Wanderers regulars. Yeah, they um, they batted very well, to be fair. And Lucas Barker scored 100 in, in almost double quick time. It, in I think it was the 21st over he reached his 100. And he, he, this was against OVs, who were a very youthful side last, last Saturday. They were missing um, probably four or five regulars with Jersey being away in, in their tournament but um, 
don't take anything away from Wanderers regulars. They were very impressive. Lucas batted really well. He didn't didn't give a chance during his hundred, and it was it was more of a surprise he got out having just reached his three figures. To be honest, we're sort of watching the game and thinking, well, there's there's two hundred on for him if he really wants it, um, and he just sort of missed time one, got caught out on the boundary. It was a very good catch. Um, but yeah, Wanderers regulars went on to make 324 um, quite comfortably. Um, ben Wenzel also made 90 odd, and uh, Wanderers um, and then uh, Ovies were never really in the chase. Um, funnily enough, it's it a two under 16s. Uh, Harry Johnson and Charlie Forshaw who got three wickets early up, up top, and it was game over from then on really. And uh, they ended up uh, a long way short, about 135, I think. Wanderers regulars won by, so it was a really impressive win for them. Um, Kobo's result in Jersey perhaps came as a bit more of a surprise until later on when we saw the the wicket at um, Le Canave. It looked pretty green. I think they must have had, they've had some decent rain in in Jersey and um, the score of 178 that Kobo put on the board. Thanks very much to Ben Furbrush and Zach Damrell, who both scored 50s. Um, proved to be actually a very good score. When we heard it to start with, in sort of when we were at the KG5, we were thinking that's going to be below par. But um, having seen the conditions, that that was a, a very good effort. And they then bowled out um, uh, St. Juan Springfield for for eighty odd. Uh, it, they did have a rain affected uh, innings, so the the margin of victory I think was ninety one runs. But that's pretty comprehensive. And um, it took Kobo top of the league the way the net run rate works out. They've got six points. St. Juan uh, Springfield have got six points, and then there's a whole host of sides sort of lining up behind them on four, and the top two go through to the final. So it, it is very much wide open. Yeah, finally poised. A few games to go in that this weekend. Another round of fixtures. Kobo uh, taking on Farmers at the KG5 this weekend in the uh, the only game in Guernsey. Um, yeah, you mentioned Barker there. Just a few weeks to go until the 50-over interinsular uh, here in Guernsey. Um, is he the form batsman, do you think, in, in local cricket at the moment? Um, He's he certainly played well of late. Um, to be honest, I'm... It's one of those I haven't seen an awful lot recently because of Ireland games. Why? <laughs> yeah, cricket hasn't really been in the forefront of my mind as to if he if he's going to be in contention. You'd imagine he probably will be in contention for the fifty over spots. Um, but uh, I think a lot will now depend on how Guernsey go when they when they go to uh, the Netherlands as a senior group in in a few weeks playing T twenties and fifty over matches and. Uh, I think that will sort of decide quite a lot when it comes to interinsular time. Yeah, really uh, interesting and busy end to the cricket season. Uh, Getting towards the business end of things, for sure. Right, that's just about it from us. Uh, a quick well done to our colleague, Mike Batiste, um, who had a, a phenomenal week in the All-Terrain Challenge, storming to victory, albeit with a slight detour in the final leg in home. <laughs> <laughs> Paul accounts he managed to do it about an extra mile compared to everyone else but he had such a good lead that he still managed to hang on for the overall victory so that's, that's pretty dominant you'd say impressive. Just, what you, just what you want uh, an extra lap after having done uh, six races in six days including uh, including yeah a leg up Jerberg steps which is uh, they don't get any less brutal do they over the years so um, yeah well done to everyone who got through that week and uh, all the division winners um, but yeah particularly a big uh, pat on the back to Mike Batiste who is the overall champion of the week right that's it as I say from us uh, make sure you pick up a paper uh, six days a week for uh, the very best local sports coverage um, yeah you can read a bit more about uh, Guernsey's under 19 cricketers in tomorrow's edition as well as um, a report from Jersey at the weekend and those CI golf finals um, we're also on social 
social media at GSY Press Sport, the place to go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads as well. Um, our thanks finally to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers Tony.